been ages since we talked, man. Yeah, but the thing is, it's been ages since we talked. Yeah, yeah, it's been too long, dude. Feels like forever. We've not since we've spoken. <sighs> I will let you get away with that purely, purely because you're going to use it as the lead-in. Are you going to bark all day? Strange little man. These guys were at it. Don't fail me again. I can't think of anything better to play as the lead. Cool. Right. So you saw Wakanda Forever. Uh, uh, are we doing like a hello and welcome? Oh, well, yeah, sure. It's been a week. <laughs> yeah. Go on then. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Popcorn Bucket Podcast with Ben and Rob. This is a regular look at the wonderful world of films, film franchises, and film nonsense. This week is a pick and mix spoiler episode in which we pick a re- recent release and discuss it with full spoilers pretty much from the beginning. This time we are looking at Black Panther Wakanda Forever, the 30th yeah. film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Two of the whitest dudes ever record a podcast about Black Panther. I mean, that could be. 90% of all movie podcasts out there. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's more than, I'm sure it's well more than 90%. <laughs> so, so yeah, so when did you see Wakanda Forever? Wednesday. Wednesday. Just, yeah, because I saw it a little bit ago. So, you, so your, uh, your recollection is going to be better than mine. So, my opinion is better. Excellent. Recollection, not opinion. Opinion. So, general thoughts, man. What did you think? I enjoyed it. It was um, good. I was surprised. Well, not really surprised. It's a very sad film. But mm. Obviously, it's it's following uh, the the death of uh, Chadwick Boseman, and it's that's written into the the film. It's not really a spoiler to say that. It's good. It's it, it, it's probably one of my favourites of the whole Phase Four. Not probably not the whole MCU, but the whole Phase Four. It's 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 probably not. Um, it, it's not as. Uh, and the first one is stronger, but I think the first one was probably much more joyful. Yeah. I think this was always going to struggle regardless of, you know, I think even if it had been a straight-up sequel with all the main cast returning. There are many positive things you can say about this movie, but it's not particularly fun for good reason. No, yeah. But it's a, it's a heavy movie. Yeah. Like, there's action and, and all the Marvel stuff in there, but Jesus, does it hit different? And and I th- I think I think that's that's the thing. I don't think it's my favourite of Phase Four, but I'm glad that I saw it. I'm glad it's a thing, and I think it will only get better. Now I know what to expect. So on a rewatch, I think it'll be sort of I would I would be so kind of like punch drunk from all the T'Challa stuff, you know, and I'll be able to focus on the the sort of Namor stuff or the you know the whatever because it. it Holy crap! That that opening. Yeah. So I guess final warning for spoilers. Yes. If you if you care about Wakanda Forever and you haven't seen it yet, then uh, shut us off. Don't listen. Don't listen to this podcast. I was surprised by how much it sort of opens in situ and how um, it, it opens with Shuri trying to find a cure for an illness. I was kind of surprised they went with an illness. <sighs> yeah. But then I like the fact it tied into the first film as well, because Killmonger has all the heart-shaped herbs burned. Yes. 
So the, her trying to to synthesize one to try and bring the child back. Yeah, yeah, from the brink was was that was heartbreaking. And the thing was, I was kind of expecting it to be a little sort of like coy with it and kind of just you know obviously acknowledge the thing but but kind of i don't know not not kind of confront it as directly as they do i think i think that's the thing i think that that was an incredibly uh surprising thing is that there's no shying away from the grief and the thing it tackles grief head on which is something most movies don't do especially blockbuster movies you know they don't they don't kind of delve into that whole thing, and the that opening that sort of desperate sort of rush for trying to synthesize a new heart shaped herb to save T'Challa, and and then that silent opening for the for the Marvel Studios thing just with with footage just with of, images of T'Challa yeah yeah and and just just I mean you could have heard a pin drop in our cinema it was a packed screening yeah and it was. It was so quiet, um, and yeah, it was. It was that it's it's a very very brave way to sort of tackle that whole thing because you got to imagine that a lot of the actors didn't have to do too much acting when it came to talking about T'Challa and then Chadwick. You know, you got to you get the feeling that you know that that shit wasn't too hard to summon for a for a, a performance it deals with it in the sort of best possible way it feels like a, a tribute to him it feels like the story moving on but not at a sort of disrespectful pace and i like the fact that it is tied into the whole story thing as well i like the fact that wakanda is in turmoil then because of the loss of their king and Black Panther. So there's a power vacuum there. There's there's you know confusion and 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 uncertainty. And then suddenly Namor and his fish people <laughs> emerge and it's it's a direct parallel to Wakanda, there being like a hidden civilization that has made themselves known, but instead of like Wakanda who actually decided to try and integrate with people and, and, you know, trade and whatever, even though, as we saw from, um, from the sort of the UN type thing that other countries are still trying to get their vibranium without their permission. Well, they've used it as a time to, um, to, to go in because they're, because they're in turmoil. Yeah. That seems painfully realistic to me. <laughs> Who ever heard of developed nations, taking advantage of uh, political instability in other countries to mine valuable resources. I'm sure that never happens. But then but then the sort of... Because they say both Namor and Namor. Namor is definitely... F- when you learn where he got his name from and everything, that's sort of... Yeah, because like it's uh, El Nino Sin Amor, isn't it? Yeah. The Boy Without which Love. I, which I loved. That was... That's, that's such a cool... Um concepts and and there were some people who were fans of the character from the comics you know about five of them but obviously they get all upset whenever anything's remotely different i thought that was a great sort of um idea an adaptation type thing for his name yeah no more but you know they but they 
a lot of people say Namor in the film as well. But that whole thing, I thought it, it's, it was very smart. It was unflinching, I think is probably the words to, to describe how they dealt with the Black Panther stuff, like the actual T'Challa gone type thing. That was, it was incredibly brave. And you know, I mean, yeah, you, you walk out of this, you walk out of this movie with a heavy heart. That's for damn sure. But I had a good time at the same time. You know, it's 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 a very strange mix, isn't it? But you know, and yeah, the the overwhelming thing, as I said, it's a heavy movie. I I wouldn't be in a rush to rewatch it. But you know, when it when it comes out on Disney Plus, so I guess two weeks time. Um, <laughs> Or whatever, I'll definitely watch it then. To, to, but I, I need some breathing space from that. I, I feel like, wow, that that's given me a few things to think about. Uh, did you did you have a, the same reaction? Basically, I think you'd kind of prepared me for that because you'd sort of said a little about that going in about how sort of heavy it is. Mm. Um, it is very, uh, you know, like you can you can see it you know, the acting, but also the the. There will be a massive element of the obviously mourning for for the person for yeah for, for Chadwick Boseman, their friend and colleague. Yeah. Hmm. Um, the 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 story I quite liked. I thought it was interesting that you could sort of view it as Wakanda are the aggressor and are in the wrong. Mm. Probably could have done without all the UN stuff. I could do without as uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus is in it as as Val, and she shows up and is sardonic and leaves. Uh, I could do without doing most things, uh, most the MCU, I think. I, I figured that was something they have to have in there. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, yes, it was all set up for the Thunderbolts and all that sort of thing. But that, because I, I saw some people saying that that bothered them because it felt like they were sort of just, just sort of like pausing the main story to do a bit of sort of, you know, marketing for the future thing. I, I sort of get that, but then at the same time, I, I like every Marvel film does that though. Yes, partly. And, and I, and I liked the interplay between uh, her and Ross and the revelation that they were married mm. and, you know, that sort of bickering and everything. And I think that I, I, I would have seen more of that to be honest. I, I, I didn't find it too distracting from the main uh, thrust of the, the narrative. And Everett Ross, I I really like Martin Freeman as Everett Ross. I think he he does some underrated work. Um, but uh, but yeah, I I understand that. I don't feel it personally, but I understand it. Uh, weird drop of Red Hot Chili Peppers as well. When he's he's running in the forest. Yes. Yeah. Just you know, because I mean the the music choices are are on point, and they've got some some fucking banging tracks, but then. Red Hot Chili Peppers in the middle, and I really like the Chili Peppers, so, but it can't stop, you can't beat it, but it's, I uh, was not expecting to hear that in a Marvel movie anytime soon. I don't know, they, they used the Eiffel 65's Blue in Iron Man 3, <laughs> so I think anything else is really, of, is really you know, all to play for. <laughs> that, that still holds the record for the weirdest needle drop in an MCU film, doesn't it? Yeah. Yo, listen up, here's a story. Yeah, what what do you think? So obviously the the big talking point is the more. What did you think of him? I liked him. Mm. I thought, yeah, I thought he was I thought it was quite compelling. I thought he had a point. I empathising with the villain again. I don't really think he was the villain. No, I, he's not. I, 
in the comics, they were both mostly, as bad as each other. Yeah, he's mostly, you know, he he can be noble, but he's also like an arsehole when it comes to protecting him and his. So you know, that's that's kind of his character. So him being sort of like quite Wakandan about the whole thing, if we're honest, <laughs> um, you know, makes sense. He's the antagonist, but he's not a villain. I think it's fair to say. I, I did find um, a lot of the, probably, if you add it up, it's probably all, a quarter or maybe even a third of the movie quite hard to see. Like, particularly when it's underwater or at night, it was all quite murky. I I didn't get that problem because I think okay. I think that's, but I think partly because I saw it at the IMAX. So bigger, but no, I'm not saying you know, and 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 you get special eyes just given to you where you just have better night vision. Uh, no, it's it's just the screen is that much bigger and that much brighter. So I didn't notice that, but there were lots of scenes at night and a lot of scenes underwater. So I could see if you're struggling with that, that could be a problem. Um. So yeah, I know I've, I've seen people complain about it. But not just this movie, like a lot of movies, it's it's hard to sort of pick out the sort of details. Movies are getting sort of darker and murkier uh, when it comes to their visuals. I've seen, I've seen that that general criticism quite a lot of things about saying how yeah uh, how muted everything is these days. This is the first film where I thought oh, actually maybe maybe they have a point. Mm. Yeah, I loved all the underwater stuff. The stuff I could see. I mean. Yeah, you know, the, the sissy started, and and plus the uh, his mum giving birth underwater, that whole thing, and and that yeah, that whole origin bit, and then when they come up to the surface and they see white dudes doing what white dudes have historically done, that was definitely the most compelling thing for me. Other than the you know T'Challa's gone type thing, that I thought they did a good job in making Namor's story pretty impactful. Yeah, so he's not he's not a straight up villain. I think it is because I mean, in in some ways, sure he's the villain, particularly at the end. Yes, well, I mean that's that's the interesting thing, and that's that's one of the most fascinating aspects of the movie for me was the fact that you know she's got to earn the mantle of Black Panther. She's got to kind of go through the thing, and obviously she visits the ancestors' plane, and it's not T'Challa or any of her grandparents that she expects to find. Uh, it's our boy Killmonger. I was very surprised to see him. I had that hadn't been spoiled. Not only that, and the fact he does make some very, very salient points, but the fact that, that she then hides that it was him that she saw. Mm. And kind of goes along with, initially goes along with what I, he said. To... I loved that. I thought that was really, really cool. And it has that element of sort of darkness, the fact that she she may see things in more of a Killmonger way. Yeah, considering in the last one, she was more the light relief, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah. And this time it's just like, no, T'Challa's gone, this is my mantle now, and I tell you what, that Killmonger fellow made some decent points. So that is going to be an interesting thing, and I imagine they're going to build on that. So that is going to be an interesting thing going forward, the sort of elements of darkness to Shuri's thing, because she's already hmm. shown the, 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 the throne itself. Yeah, so at the end of the film, they don't really talk. They, they're kind of a bit ambiguous as to who now rules uh, Wakanda. Well, they, yeah, 
I suppose they sort of imply that it could be, but I think he's he's king of Wakanda now. But but the, you don't necessarily have to be royalty and Black Panther at the same time. It usually mm. is, but you know, it's like Shuri is kind of, uh, as I said, shirked those responsibilities because um, I don't think she even accepts that she's the new Black Panther at the end of it, does she? She's just fighting and whatever, and I don't think she actually. So, you know, it's still in flux, but she'll obviously come back to the whole thing. But I think Mbaku, who I loved, Winston Duke, man, he's yes, the yeah. best. And I like how they carried on the vegetarian thing with him eating carrots. <laughs> him going around like fucking Bugs Bunny, munching on a carrot. It was the best. And yeah, and I, I really had a, a, a delighted chuckle when uh, when he gets out of the, uh, the sort of ship for the you know, the waterfall scene. And because she said she's got a representative and he's in a grass skirt and everything is, I was like, oh, I love M'Baku. Uh, but I, I think that, I think that that those sort of, those darker elements, that especially the, the sort of Killmonger thing that keeps coming back to me. That's the thing, the fact that she hides it as well. It's not, you know, because she doesn't straight up say, say what? You'll never guess what, but I saw Killmonger. <laughs> like she'd kind of no, you know, oh no, it's just you know standard. That's fascinating to me, and that's the thing I want to see going forward. But uh, but I think I think the film did a good job of showing Shuri earning the Black Panther mantle. Well, it was almost her deciding to take it, accepting it. Yeah, well, because it's sort yeah. of at the beginning it's saying that she should take it, but she didn't want it because she didn't see any need for it. Yeah, because she had her technology. But then her finally kind of kicking ass. I'd, I'd really like the, the when she's on the side of the ship. The the the, the yeah the vertical fight against the uh, Talokans. Talokans, like sorry, Talokans. Yeah. Um, the Moors people, where yeah. they attack Wakanda's ship by climbing up the side, and then the Wakandans are climbing down the ship and it's a lot of vertical fighting. Brilliant. That, that was really it was cool. quite different. It was quite different to Marvel's usual, you know, something big falling from the sky, third act. Yes. Yes, no, it was it was cool. Although I may have missed why they decided to have that battle on the sea. Because they were drawing him out? That that is true. That is actually true. Yes, they would they actually wanted to fight, but couldn't they have like put something tantalizing on the land? <laughs> And just said, "Oh, come up here! It's lovely. The sun's out." And then, sort of like, fought them on the beaches. Um, I like well, the introduction of Ironheart. I thought she I was, was cool. just about to say about Riri Williams. So I've I've liked Riri Williams uh, as a character for for quite a while, and so seeing her MCU debut, I was wondering, yeah, what you thought of the whole thing? Yeah. Uh- yeah, but um, I know in the comics she has Tony Stark's voices here, doesn't she? I think. She, yeah, she she. Well, she has done. She yeah she she backwards engineers a Stark suit, which then sort of then kind of she ends up working with him or something like that. Uh, I can't remember the exact things, um, but but yeah, obviously they can't do that because then Junior's out of the whole thing. So. So as a sort of Stark legacy, I mean Stark has had a huge impact on the MCU. Full stop, hasn't it? Hmm. Um, but but she being the, her being the sort of latest sort of child genius, yeah. But but I I love the fact that 
she invents something that immediately puts her on on the scope. Like everyone is after her then because of this thing that can mine vibranium. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, search for her, isn't it? Well, yeah, yeah. But, uh, so she made for geology class. Yes, exactly. So I love all that, and and I love I love Sh- uh, Shuri and uh, Akoya going to um, going to the the campus to pick her up. Yeah, then pretend to be normal for a bit. Yes, and and then her saying about the ash on Akoya's head, <laughs> you know, kind of that whole thing. And yes, the thing I I, I talked to you about yesterday, the thing that I saw online, which has genuinely go oh maybe go oh that was that was pretty damn clever when they're in her dormitory in her room she throws a speaker at them which quite cleaves in half effortlessly with the spear and then she goes to throw a heater and that's the order in which they defeat them what are they fish people the teller telokens telokens they have the big sort of sonic thing on the bottom of the ship and then they have heaters then to dry them out and make them weaker so uh nice bit of foreshadowing there yeah very neat little bit of storytelling so yeah i thought there were there were tons of like smart little flourishes like that i like the fact that uh julia louis dreyfus kind of she was the one who put the kamoya beads as part of the accident i kind of liked that whole thing the fact that she isn't dumb hmm. and she's actually, you know, manipulative and, and devious. So, uh, so yes, I mean, we knew that basically anyway, the fact that she's played Yelena like a fucking fiddle. Um, but, um, but yeah, it was cool to see that sort of in action. And I think she's, I mean, she's always been a welcome presence. I think she's a great actor, full stop. But seeing her sort of heading up a sort of anti-Avengers and, and all that, I can't wait. I'm really excited for it. So, yeah. So, Riri Williams, that whole thing. I mean, obviously, the first Ironheart suit is clunky as hell because, you know, it's a, it's a Mark I. But uh, we, we're, getting, we're getting close to the sort of the slimline Iron Man suit by the end. So, um, yeah, Ironheart it gets a thumbs up from me. Which I'm sure they're they're ecstatic about. Everyone's just like, oh, we've got to impress that guy. Um, but I'm glad that for someone who wasn't particularly familiar with the character, either it worked for you as well. Yes, it did. Oh, sorry. Sometimes you you sort of end sentences and like leave pauses, and I don't know what you're leaving a pause for. Normally, for you to say something, because I feel that I've talked enough. Okay. No. Yeah. Yes, no, was, uh, I like the introduction to characters. I thought everyone kind of got a moment to shine. Angela Bassett was great as Queen Miranda. Oh, that speech. I, I liked how um, whenever she's in front of the you know, the UN or, or in the council or, or, or with uh, Namor, she was sort of wearing a... The sort of some, hat. Uh, uh, yeah, headdress. Thing. And then yeah. whenever she was in the lab with Shuri, she was... She didn't have and just had a sort of like grey hair, which I guess, I guess sort of showed vulnerability. Yeah, yeah. Well, she was full kind of like official kind of thing with with this with this you know ridiculously large, elegant sort of headdress hat type thing, and then she was just like a grandma when when yeah. kind of yeah, going yeah. around, and, and that that really worked. Um, 
she is a statuesque woman though like i noticed i noticed that she's got fucking shoulder muscles for days but that was just noticeable i guess from the cut of the dress but also the yeah that sort of dressing down which is not warranted because Akoya has done so much for wakanda but that sort of that sort of impassioned pained speech that dressing down that she gives Akoya is powerful stuff mm. god damn that just proves that you know angela bassett fucking rocks but um but yeah that was i mean jesus christ they were dressing downs and then there's that soul cleaving sort of bollocking that she gives her because it's rough stuff isn't it i mean would you want to be on the end of that no you know she's begging to not um you know to let her, let her stay in position and stuff it was uh yeah that was quite a sad scene mm. yeah but uh Mbaku sticks up for her though he does he does say later that you know she did that that was that was rough what you did i mean i'm not quoting like directly <laughs> mate that was rough what you did yeah she doesn't deserve that she's she's a little soldier in that and the queen says something like yeah you're right probably I I was sad that this was her last film as mm. well. Yeah, I was quite surprised that particularly as obviously you, they'd already had a lot of death. There were mm. a big death in the beginning. I was surprised they went with another big one. But it was kind of weirdly low key her death in this one, don't you think? Yeah, it wasn't like you know it. Unless I missed something, but I'm pretty sure it was just like yeah, she just straight up drowned. Yeah, she drowned saving uh, Riri Williams. Yeah. Yeah, kind of, but it wasn't like, yeah, it, it was just because it was, it was, um, Shuri seeing her floating face down, unless I made that scene up in my head. That happened, yeah? Yeah, they, they come to the, the throne room and she's, yeah, floating yes. face down. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought it was good that they didn't uh, digitally recreate Chadwick Boseman at any point. Yeah, they should have got the people from Ghostbusters, uh, Afterlife to to see Joy him in. I have not seen that, but does they, that happen? They see Joy Harold Ramis in, yeah. Oh wow! And it's just as fucking terrible as you'd expect. Oh no, he gets he gets a part. He's mostly yeah. Sorry, spoiler this for Ghostbusters Afterlife, but it spoils itself. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, they 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 straight up recreate him. He doesn't say anything. But they straight up kind of CGI him in, and it's. Uh, I was baffled at some people calling it respectful and amazing, and I'm sure they had to go to the estate of Harold Ramis to get permission to do that. But fucking hell, no, 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 no. So yes, not having a uh, a CGI uh, Chadwick Boseman was the right call. Um, and yeah. So no, that was that was good, and I think, as I said, I think they've done right by him. They, it's a, it's a it's a tribute, but it's also the show must go on, and uh, and obviously we then get, I you know, and I I I've loved the the sort of Marvel credit scenes because you know the, the credits sometimes show such imagination and they're just fun to watch and because yeah, they yeah, know yeah. They're to be there to watch them, so they may as well make them entertaining or funny or both you know um but this took a very stark thing of just the funeral robes burning yeah which i thought was was great 
was really good and really sort of hammered home that whole thing. And then obviously we get the the one and only sort of mid credit scene of uh, Nakia bringing up a. Well, it follows it, on immediately from the end because it ends with Shuri sort of coming to terms with her loss, and that that's quite a powerful scene, just sort of yes. showing that focusing on Letitia Wright, she kind of you know, accepts grief and yeah. cries. Yeah, well, that's it, it's it's a hell of an ending. Yeah, it's very very. You know, you have you have the the assault on the ship, and you have you know a bunch of CGI stuff, but it ends with with a sister coming to terms with the death of her brother. Um, and then smiling at the end to show that she, you know, yeah, will get through it. She will get through it and, and his legacy lives on. And I think that's, and as I said, and then the, the end credits with just the burning fabric, fucking fantastic. But yes, then Nakia sidles up and says, oh, by the way, I had a sprog. Guess what his name is? I have a son. <laughs> I have a son. And yeah, so his name is Gary, which is an odd <laughs> choice for a kid. But, you know, uh, his name is T'Challa after his father. So they will, T'Challa will be Black Panther again, but not for a while yet. And I yeah. think that's, that's the appropriate way forward. Unless, unless he ages like fucking Scott Lang's daughter. <laughs> So yeah, so yeah, that I thought what could have been maybe maybe over sentimental in a way, like because the thing is, like people who are into the Marvel movies, so a lot of people will be very acutely aware of Chadwick Boseman no longer being with us and that whole thing, and and I think maybe when you're sort of inside the bubble where you're sort of at the whole thing where you actually knew the guy personally and having that sort of thing, there's a danger of maybe sort of over-egging pudding and making, making the whole thing just like um, an elegy for him rather than a blockbuster movie as well. But it manages to sort of toe that line very, very well. And there are some incredibly deft touches. Ryan Coogler is a fucking genius. And and I think that his uh, he he had. Did you read the open letter? No, I didn't. No. Oh it, well, it, I mean, it's it's pretty much full of things you would expect. Uh, anyway, it's you know eloquent and humble and you know pretty much just the thing that you would expect. But he said, gratitude. That is the only word that comes to mind for your support of our work on the film Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. I am filled with it. Thank you. Thank you to the people who bought their tickets early and camped out on opening weekends. Thank you to those of you who took your families out, young ones and elders in tow, to those who organised youth screenings and after parties, who bought out theatres, communities and friends, to all of you who watched multiple times and encouraged other folks to check it out. Our film is over two and a half hours long, so thank you for holding those bathroom breaks. Our film has six languages spoken in it. Thank you for bearing with the subtitles. And our film deals with the inescapable human emotion of grief. Thank you for opening yourself up to the emotional journey of this film. We made something to one of our friends who was a giant in our industry, and we also made something to be enjoyed in a theatrical setting with friends, family, and strangers. Something to be quoted and discussed, to be debated, something to make people both physically and emotionally feel seen. This medium would exist without an audience, and I thank you for giving me professional purpose and an emotional outlet. I look forward to bringing you more stories in the future. Sincerely, Ryan Cooler. Hmm. Yeah. Those are very so, nice. It is. 
it is and and i think he he achieved that incredibly well as i said it's not much fun <laughs> there are fun moments and there are funny bits as well i mean it's shit dude this is a this is a it, it's an emotional roller coaster um, I think most i mean most of the funny moments come from you know baku or Ruby yeah. williams or yeah. or um, martin yeah, freeman exactly but you know and i i saw yeah, some people complaining they they had um, a trailer for you know one of the kind of new trailers saying it's the number one movie in the world and all that, and someone saying oh well, you know, and it had a ton ton, ton of like likes on Instagram as well. Like oh, there's no strong male role model in this. You know, it's just the MCU and all that, and it's just like that didn't even occur to me until I saw that comment because I just I was I really like these characters their gender doesn't matter like why why is everything like a point scoring thing yeah um because there's also there's like 25 other films <laughs> where there's lots of strong male characters yeah and it's just it i don't i don't get that out yet like oh well this film isn't yeah well maybe this film isn't but as you said there are tons more not just Marvel movies, a lot of films have strong male characters. In fact, one would say they're perhaps saturated with strong male characters because it's it that's been something cinema's been doing for the longest time. It's you know, it it's good characters don't need you know, there doesn't need to be a point scoring system like, okay, so we've had a good male one, so now it's time for some some women to have characters. It's not that, but I I really really am concerned with people who see it as that sort of almost like a game, almost like a culture war type thing. Hmm. It, it it does it does disturb me, but then I'm glad that I don't think like them clearly. I mean, if it does bother you, there are as you say 99 of films cater for you anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just so, watch something else. And yeah, I, 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 the, you said about the subtitles in uh, from from the statement. I thought the use of color in the subtitles was was good. That's a good point. I forgot about that. that yeah. for diff, for the different languages, it was a different color subtitle. Mm. Yes, that was cool. Yeah, which is what it used to be like on CFAX. If you ever use the subtitles from CFAX, <laughs> I knew you, <laughs> you hadn't brought up something obscure from the past in a while. So I was just, just I didn't knew you were going to go to CFAX though. Yes, teletext CFAX was the digital. I mean, I do miss it. I think it was I, page eight 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 to get subtitles. It was. It was, um, but uh, but yes, it made. I don't know if the US or elsewhere they must have had similar technology, but we had teletext where the you get subtitles. And you can play games. It was well. on the internet on your television before the internet was a thing. Yeah. So there you go. Bit of a time capsule for you. Time. So yeah, I'm I'm trying to think of of other Black Panther type things. Did it, I didn't stay through the credits, but at the end, I believe it said Black Panther will, will return. Yeah, we 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 stayed in our seats for that, even though I was busting to use the loo because it, as Mr. Kugler himself said. It's, it's over two and a half hours. It's, well, it's the long second film. longest uh, MCU film now behind mm. Endgame. Yeah, long ass film. So, uh, and yet, <laughs> some people were clearly in 
similar uncomfortable situations because they're just like, oh god, please just end, just so we can see this thing, and then it just says Black Panther will return. People were like, oh fucking hell, <laughs> yeah, got up from their seats, sort of gathered their stuff, and made a beeline for the nearest bathroom. But yeah, yeah, I'm 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 kind of glad that it didn't have a post credits thing though. The mid credits was enough. Yeah. Um. So yeah, no, it. it I guess. Is is this the end? Does it officially mark the end of Phase Four? Yeah, yeah, they've done all the TV shows and films. Yeah. So, so it starts uh, again next year with Ant Man and the Wasp. Yes. So and and I think we can reflect on Phase Four. And I tell you what, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think because I know it's had a lot of criticism and saying you know it, it's lost its way. Um, I think it tries to do different things since Endgame. Uh, it'll be interesting to see when they get to the end of phase six, is it, I think, how this multiverse saga as a whole, uh, you know, how phase four fits into the saga as a whole. Mm. I think it will be looked back on positively by the people. I think it'll be reevaluated, I think, because yeah. there's a lot of, like, I see so much uh, bad feeling about, about uh, Thor, Love and Thunder. I know. And I got, I got, I, I mean, we did a whole spoiler special on it, but it's Indeed. like, I, I I loved that movie. Hmm. I really enjoyed it, and it was more than just a joke fest. Although yeah. that was yeah. the majority of it, but it was you know, yeah. I I really see people, and there was a thing that Chris Hemsworth said that was kind of then sort of kind of misquoted or whatever, saying that you know they needed to change Thor after Love and Thunder. But, yeah, he said he wants a different tone for the next Thor film. Yeah, but for the next Thor trilogy is what he was saying. Like, he was saying that, you know, they, they had that initial kind of, the, the, you know, the, this 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 last batch of movies was the kind of funniest stuff. So mm. now he wants to go. But then people were taking that as confirmation that he and they know that they fucks up with Love and Thunder and therefore they're more serious Thor is coming. And it's just like... I don't know. I, I don't even know these people. They don't know how good they have it, honestly. Um. So yes, yes, I think Phase Four, as you said, will be reevaluated, um, and um, I think Eternals is going to be reevaluated as well. I think I think it will. Yeah, I need to rewatch that. I've only seen it the ones. Mm. I think I've only seen all. Uh, uh, no, Spider Man and Thor. Oh, and Doctor Strange. I've seen more than once. Mm. Well, yeah, I, and uh, yeah, Multiverse of Madness. I, I enjoyed initially, but then I it really clicked for me on the second viewing. Okay. Like, oh, wow, this is. I mean, I I loved it, and it was Sam Raimi who I I love Sam Raimi, but um, but then it was the second one when I kind of knew what was happening. I could appreciate more of things because I think the first time through you are just like concentrating on where the story is going and whatever on the second time you've got you know what pace you can sort of take the film at so you can you notice more subtle things or or you get to appreciate something more or whatever so so yes it was all right (laughs) fucking Doctor Strange projecting himself into his own corpse from a different universe yeah. and using a bunch of demons as a makeshift cape is one of the most badass, also 
quintessentially Doctor Strange things I've ever seen. I love that moment. And I love that movie. Okay. Well, we can't all like the same things. We can and we will fall in line or it's the end of the podcast. Cool. Anything else you want to say on Black Panther? The music was good. The soundtrack was, was very good. Oh, who did the music, mate? Hans Zimmer. <laughs> who actually did the music, mate? Where has this come from? Well, I don't know. Are... I just <laughs> recently you just you I hadn't heard you mention his name for like a while. I've heard you mention his name quite a lot recently. So you clearly feeling his work and it's just I Do you I, think it's because maybe we've talked about films he's been involved in and yeah. that's why it's come up? Yeah, I know, but it's just <laughs> I'm getting a reaction. That's what I wanted. So anyway, who did this one? You tell me. Hans Zimmer. Yes. Say his name. <laughs> All right, Walter White. Jesus. <laughs> Say it. No. Ludwig Goransson. Oh, you're obsessed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He did the music for this and the previous Black Panther as well. It's it's great. It, he must have like a shed full of weird instruments, don't you think? Um, there's a really good Song Exploder episode about the first Black Panther film, I think about Killmonger's theme. Right. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard Song Exploder. I haven't. I've You've recommended it a couple of times, and I haven't. I keep forgetting. I'm glad you listened. Um, so <laughs> they take a piece of music and break it down into this, how they came up with this part, so they came up with this part, and it kind of makes you listen to the song in a different way. And he went on a uh, on like a really long tour and spoke to uh, and saw these sort of like um, tribes with different instruments and sort of some of them performing the uh, in in the orchestra that, that scored the first and presumably second Black Panther films. Mm. Yeah, well, it's, it's definitely got that authenticity to it, hasn't it? It sounds born from odd instruments and things you just don't normally hear. In the West. In the West, yes. But, yes, but I, we're talking about just general Hollywood movie making at the moment. We're not talking about sort of culturally or yeah. you know, how, yeah. how their perceptions of music may differ from ours. We're talking about just blockbuster movies, in which case I'm fully correct. You bitch. In the West. <laughs> Anything else? No. Oh, don't, don't, see, now, listeners, I'm in the doghouse now. No, I just, because we've been recording two episodes, I, I see, <laughs> even though we've only been going on this for, well, I guess going up to now, for you, in terms of your podcast paddy time, it's, you know, it's past that hour period where you get tired and grumpy and need to go to bed. <laughs> I do need a break from this and you. <laughs> so, <laughs> Particularly as you're still smarter from that loss all those weeks ago. Yes, yes. Yes, I am. I am getting slightly annoyed at the one-shots, but that's, that's a story for a different time. Oh, no, I meant the, uh, the, oh, the game. Oh, no, I know the fucking Great Western Trail. I know, I know. What are they talking about? Listen to our November thing to find out. Don't care? Don't listen. Um, yeah. That's that's it. I think we can. I, I I I'm hesitant to say I enjoyed it, but I did enjoy it. 
Wakanda Forever, not Great Western Trail. Wakanda Forever, I it's a damn good movie. Um, but but enjoy is a is a strong thing that normally implies fun and joy, and there isn't much of that to be had on purpose. It's not um, you, know, you you can enjoy a thing and then never feel the need to see it again or, or, yes. or as much. We should talk about you. Um, Thanks, man. <laughs> But it's not it's not your standard Marvel fare, and that's no. a good and bad thing. Because you may you may want to just go to the cinema to for you know a couple of hours of Marvel escapism. Well, actually, this deals with some real shit. It, it's it doesn't have the same sort of it's it's not a romp in the way that Spider Man yeah. three, whichever the way home is, um, is. Mm. Yeah, it's it, but it deals with some real stuff and uh, unpleasant emotions and and whatever. But I, it's uh, yeah, it's it, it's really good. I was incredibly impressed with, as I said, how deftly it sort of treads that line between respectful, but also also this is a Marvel blockbuster. So I yeah, damn good. Ryan Coogler's awesome. And I tell you what, I think everyone brought their A-game for for this film as well. I mean, there's some seriously, seriously powerful sort of acting moments in this. I think the, I, yeah, I think it's, it's, uh, yes. I'm See, funnily enough, I'm actually eager to rewatch this one, whereas, you know, some films, like you were saying, they're good and you don't need to watch them again because yeah. they're just, they're just a, a feel-bad trip. Um, this is in a way, but I kind of I, I do want to see it again. Well, it manages to have you know a good story, a compelling story about because you know th- there are moments where you, you do feel that the characters are in genuine jeopardy. Mm. You think Akoye on the on the bridge? Yes. Like, well, yeah, they you... seem off at the moment, don't they? That's the thing. It's just like it, the whole thing's in turmoil. This is a big shakeup of 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 the Black Panther series and, and Marvel going forward. So Okoye could not survive this. Yeah. 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 No, it's, but, it's, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I'd like to see more of uh, Namor as well. I, I, I don't think there's any danger of us not seeing more of him. Uh, and I like the fact that he even made this sort of ankle wings thing work. Except, I mean, do they work now? Now, sure, he had something to say about it because that was that was a moment where I properly winced. That was nasty. I she pulled off one of his wings. Yeah. Could just fly around in a circle now. <laughs> it won't be quite as intimidating. Um, but yeah, no, it's good stuff. Good, good stuff. Let's end the podcast before I get way silly. Yeah. I'm sorry. Was I being silly, Robert? You need to have like a have a I drink to, and calm down. I need to I need to have a sit down and maybe a Jaffa cable to me. Yeah. So. Okay. Cool. That's it for this week. Thank you very much for your time and thank you for listening. We'd love to have your feedback. Please email podcast at the pocket top pop top 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 top. Please email Ben at thepopcornbucket.com if you can be a better host. You can find us on Instagram at popcornbucketpod or over on Twitter at popcornbucketpd or on Good Pods at popcornbucket or on 
Hive at Popcorn Bucket or on Mastodon at Popcorn Bucket something or other. Thank you so much to Lawrence Allen of Longcamp Media for the theme music. If you're able to, it'd be great if you can rate the episode wherever you listen to your podcast and subscribe and share. Many thanks, take care, and see you next episode. What he said. Ah, that's what I meant to say. Wakanda forever. No, I, that, um, I thought it was kind of neat that the Tolokas had their own Wakanda forever and little hand movement. Yes. They'd rise to Loken and the sort of the clam hand thing. Like open their hands up like a clam shell. The clam hand thing. Clam hands. <laughs> clam hands. One of the least successful uh, characters in the Marvel Universe. On clam hands. He's definitely a villain. And he definitely talks like that. See you next time. Thanks. Bye. Bye.